Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bring On The Reviews podcast, where if you want it, we review it. My name is DC, and I go to this podcast to bring you a ton of movie news, TV news, and some comic book news as well. Today's the 33rd, sorry, 73rd episode of the podcast, which is happening on August 28th, 2018. So, in thumbs up, thumbs down, I normally go over the things that happened the last past week and basically give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs all the way in the circle. So, the first thing up here is um, news from The Walking Dead Season 9. So, Daryl is getting actually a new weapon. Um, I'm happy that he's getting a new weapon. It's been a while for some time now. And thinking about it, he had the the crossbow. And that was basically it. And then the, a handgun of sorts. So thinking about The Walking Dead and how the season's supposed to progress, you, you would think that they would rely less on guns and more on actually, you know, blunt um, tools or even, you know, sharp objects. So I'm happy to say that for season nine, Daryl will be getting like a, a sawed back Bowie knife where you can actually flip it upside down and twirl in different positions and you get different striking opportunities. So you can have it for like a, a two-handed combat. Cause you think about it when Daryl had his crossbow, who could say that he could make more, um, flint um tools for it just because when you shoot it off you have to go and get it if you don't go and get it then you basically lost a, a quiver uh, for the most part a bolt i believe it's called a bolt i think it's a bolt um but yeah if you miss one of those then they're basically gone so thinking about longevity of this characters he should have been got a weapon just like um morgan has his um bow staff you have um andrew lincoln's character that has the actual axe and whatnot and Michonne having the um the katana you need those weapons where you don't have to reload it you don't have to worry about oh is it something I gotta throw something I gotta you know um make sure it's aimed properly for these weapons you should be able to you know do some kind of grunt work and be able to get it done properly so for me I like this new change and this new addition to what they're doing for the new upcoming year because you have to keep on making bullets, which makes no sense for a, a apocalyptic kind of world. Like, you're supposed to be able to find weapons you can make and have it go through the zombies. Which, for a bullet kind of situation, those are too loud. So, anything that's silent enough to take out zombies or even other human beings is a plus in my book. So, for this one, I give a, a thumbs all the way up. Um, this is something that's a very, very good thing. Um which is, which is an addition to the actual franchise rather than, you know, subtracting and making it seem kind of weird and stupid. So for me, yep, definitely thumbs up for Daryl getting his um, Bowie knives instead of using his crossbow. The next thing I have here is um, some news from the Doom Patrol TV show that's happening on the, the DC streaming service. So... There's a character that's coming to the Doom Patrol, which you haven't mentioned. We haven't watched the Doom Patrol. I haven't heard about them. It's like a ragtag group from the DC um, universe, which is kind of cool because the the different characters just seem very out there and kind of weird, which I kind of like just because there's too many of the Superman, Batman, you know, the regular Justice League characters where it's kind of weird. So I like to have it where you have these eccentric characters come out and actually showcase their skills. So, um, the Doom Patrol casted, um, Cliff Steele, which is going to be 
um, Ro- Robot Man, and that character is going to be played by Brendan Fraser. So that's actually a very big plus for me, just because Brendan Fraser is such a um, underutilized actor. There's not many movies or TV shows he's been in for quite some time. He's been a couple here and there, but not enough for my use. Like I, I love his rendition of the Mummy series. Um, Tom Cruise is awesome. But I just love ben, Brendan Fraser just because he had a lot of fun moments with it. And you could back behind him. He's like a big a strapping dude. And, you know, it just it just felt right. So to hear that he's taking on this role, Robot Man, um, would be kind of cool. Um, robot Man looks very awesome. He's like a robot kind of figure. In some aspects, he has like a jacket, leather jacket on. So he feels like a a real human being that got turned into a robot. That's that's the basic feel and vibe of the character itself. Um, so it's it's be kind of crazy to actually see um, how he loses his human body and becomes the robot afterwards. And I, I would like to see more from this um, series that's going to happen on the DC um, streaming service. So for me, that's a thumbs up. Um, whenever you get awesome actors to come on your DC shows or even any TV show in general, it's always a plus. Um, and especially when you're not wasting a character for like a little cameo and have them for like actually episodes are going to be there for a while. So it sounds like it's going to be, he's going to be one of the leading characters for the Doom Patrol. So that, that's a plus in my, um, in my book. The next thing I have here is a cast, another casting for, um, the Joker origin movie. So there's going to be Thomas Wayne and he's going to be played by none other than Alec Baldwin. That's kind of awesome. So think about it. Batman's father is being played by Mr. Alec Baldwin, which is a definitely a plus because when you come down to it, he's a great option for any kind of role that is this kind of role. My original thought was for, um, the comedian, um, which that was my original thought. But if you can't get him, then definitely you could have um, Alec Baldwin take the place as well. Just because they both have those statures where it feels like they're both stoic enough for it and they could bring some kind of um, some style to it. Especially if you haven't watched um, Mission Impossible Fallout. He's, um, Alec Baldwin's in that movie too. And there's a couple fight scenes with him. He had like one fight scene, which is pretty nice um, for what I've seen so far. So I, I can't wait to see more from Alec Baldwin in the action kind of realm. And I wouldn't mind, you know, venturing more into his character. Plus, as I said again, the only there's only plus marks for me when you actually get great actors or actresses in roles for TV shows, movies, either one. So I'm glad to see that um, DC is finally, you know, picking from the goodwill and saying, all right, we're going with great actors. We're going to put them in positions that will make them shine and make sure that these movies will go above and beyond. So he's joining Joaquin Phoenix. Um, so it's, it's going to be kind of amazing. I give this one a thumbs up. Um, so, yeah. Um, next thing I have here is a casting, another casting. Today is going to be mostly casting from what I remember on my show notes. Um, so this one is basically Caitlin's um, father is being casted um, by Kyle Secor. Secor, he played um, um, Jake Kane on, on, on Veronica Mars. So I haven't watched Veronica Mars, so 
I wasn't really sure on his character, but if he wasn't Veronica Mars, and that show is pretty awesome, then he should be pretty good as well. I wish I'd seen the, the series of Veronica Mars, and I know that, that series coming back. It'd be kind of cool to see him come back as well. If if he's was written off the show, then my bad. But um, it'd be kind of cool to see more of this um, person in his acting style. But he'll be coming to the Flash TV show as Dr. Thomas Snow. So folks who haven't watched the Flash series, basically what happened last season was the Killer Frost personality was triggered way before the particle accelerator. So um, that's kind of cool and kind of, you know, um, excited at the same time because now you figure out that she's had these powers from when she was very, very young. So you see the father pops back in, which brings another layer to the Kate and the Snow's character just because you're not really sure what's going to happen and you really want to know what happened to Thomas Snow and figure out if he's alive, if he's dead. You know with comic book TV shows and, and um, movies that if you haven't seen an on-screen death, then there might not have been dead to begin with. So it'd be kind of cool to see exactly what um, he brings to the table. And, you know, it should be it should be fun. Um, it should be kind of cool to see the, the dynamic between him and um, Daniel Panabaker. I want to see exactly what happens with them both. So for me, that one is also a thumbs up as well. It's a lot of thumbs up so far. So it's a good, good um, set of news that came out this past week. So the next thing I have here is um, possibly a name for the new DC, not DC, um, Disney um, streaming service, which could be called Disney Play, hmm. which is something that I'm not really a fan of hearing. Uh, for this one, I give it a thumbs middle, just because I'm not really too keen on hearing Disney Play. It feels kind of weird, and um, it feels like they could have picked a different name for it. It's this, it's Google Play, Apple Play. Is it Apple Play? No. I know definitely Google Play. Apple Play. No, Apple Music is the one I have. But yeah, it just, it just feels weird. It's calling it Google, um, Disney Play. This It feels weird. It should be something else for it. They should have make it, they should have made a different name for it, a different kind of film vibe. It's not set in stone that Disney Play will be the name, but the CEO, Bob Iger, has been saying this name to all the like the board meetings of sorts. So if you, he's saying at the board meeting, it says it, it might be just the true name of it, Disney Play. Who knows in the future that they might change the name of it or they might make the name seem a little different. Um, Because for me, I, I feel like Disney Play is a, a weird kind of um, name to have it be called. I'm not sure what they could call it. Just because off the top of my head, it's like, all right, all Disney movies... Um, some Hulu stuff would be on there too. It's just, I, I, Disney Play feels weird when I think about it, and it's just something that they should have just changed it to make it make it seem a little a little better. But I'm not sure exactly what would you change it to be. Now that's the only problem I do have. Uh, for me though, Disney Play is not the the move, and they really should just stick away from that kind of terminology. It just it feels like they're trying to copy Google, which you don't want to have any kind of you know, similarities to any other companies that it'll just feel weird. So I'll say stick away from Google Play. Oh, Google Play. See, in my mind, I'm really thinking Google Play. Stick away from Disney Play and go with something else. You want to be able to have your mark, which they should know already that 
you don't want to have it where it copies anyone else or you, when you say it, it feels like it could have been this other stream of service that happened out there. So they could find, you know, some kind of track word that helps out well and makes it seem better for the, the Disney company, basically. So, yeah, that one's a thumbs middle for me. Um, yeah. So next I have here is um, images. So there are images that came out for the three-night crossover for CW's um, DC universe, basically. Um, TV universe, to be honest. So instead of the three-night being from Monday through, I think, Wednesday, that's how it was last year, I believe, this one's actually starting early. So it will be starting from Sunday night to Tuesday night, which is kind of interesting. Um I believe there's supposed to be Sunday programming now these days. I believe Supergirl and Batwoman is supposed to be on on Sundays, which is a, a, a change for sure. I'm so used to them not being on Sunday that it, it feels kind of weird, and I wonder why they pick Sunday instead of any other day of the week, um, which it, it could be for some great reason and reasons why they feel like you know, Sunday will be a track record day for them. I feel like Sunday is such a day where it's hard to pull off just because there's so many um, pay-per-views for other different things. I say um, off the top of my head, wrestling is on Sunday, or well, pay-per-view for that. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday is on that weekend. I'm guessing they might shut it down for that weekend just so they won't lose any views. Um, quite a bit of stuff I could think off the top of my head. But a lot of things happen on Sunday, which is kind of weird. But this one will be on Sunday, December 9th. It will start and then end on December 11th which would be the Tuesday, um, which is kind of cool and kind of crazy. I think what they did was um, it'll start with The Flash, which I believe The Flash is supposed to be on Tuesdays, and then Supergirl is supposed to be on um, Sunday. So it starts with The Flash, then go on Arrow, which is on Mondays now. Kind of interesting to see that they're on Mondays. And then Supergirl is to be on Tuesday um, for that week. So it's kind of interesting to see that Arrow's going to Monday nights, which I'm used to it being on Wednesday or Thursday nights. So I see they're trying to shift around quite a bit of these um, show times, which is kind of crazy, kind of cool. And I guess they didn't want to switch things up. So I, I wouldn't mind that. So this image here shows the bat woman signal in the background. So it'd be kind of cool to see how they incorporate her into this whole thing. And it'd be kind of nice. Plus, I've heard that they're supposed to include um, Superman and Lois Lane as well, which... That's awesome. That's awesome too. Is because they've used the Superman character a couple of times, but not as much as I thought they would have. Just because you know you cast this character, and then I think he's been in Supergirl like like two, three times, which I, I figured they, they should have just had him a little bit more. Which you know I don't want to take away from the Supergirl character, but having like the Superman like you know give like a, a mentor kind of thing wouldn't be bad at all. I feel like. He could definitely teach her quite a bit of things, especially that he's been on Earth for a longer period of time. I thought they would run a little bit more with that and have it where, all right, she comes and gets, you know, mentored by him at least like three times after each season, which hasn't really happened as much as I thought it would be. But for this image, um, I'll say definitely a thumbs up just because of, you know, it looking, it looks very great sounds weird it looks amazing um to be honest um you have the flash his new costume which i still don't like the whole chin thing which i think i'll get used to it once the show comes back on again but you know that's fine and then everyone else looks perfectly fine with the the bat signal in the, in the corner which is for a bat woman so that, that for me is definitely a plus so the next thing i have here 
is um, basically a, a couple images from Maleficent 2 and it's um, rap and filming. And so they showed a picture, well, a couple pictures. First picture of the whole staff, which looks like a ton of people, which you, I think that would be the case just because this movie, I feel like is quite a bit of CGI plus quite a bit of um, location scouting and story work and whatnot. So it's kind of cool to see all the people in the picture. And then they also showed a behind the scenes picture of the director's chair and him showing different locations. That's kind of covered up by the little clapper thing that happens. I, I'm not sure what that, that's called. I should probably know what's that called, but I don't know top of my head um, what those are called. But that's the two. those are the two pictures that's basically coming out for the Maleficent um, 2 camp. So for me, um, this one here, I give it a thumbs middle only because this movie isn't coming out until May of 2020, which is quite a bit away from now basically so it just lets me know that they're gonna spend at least like a year and a little over a year doing you know probably cgi work and maybe reshoots who knows but it feels like it being wrapped for so long before the movie comes out it feels a little bit weird i felt like it should have you know wrapped a little a little closer to 2019 and it's like a, a a year or maybe a little bit under a year to come out but when you think about it, if it's coming out in May 2020, it just it feels like a, a ton of time from now to then for the movie to come out. And I feel like a lot of things that left in translation could happen. And it, it really was something that they probably could have pushed back a little bit further. So for me, that's that's why I'll give this one a, a thumbs middle. I, I just felt like they really could have definitely push this back a little further but based on the picture itself it looks fine there's not much being shown in the pictures i kind of wish they had a a picture of her um angelia jolie actually shown her probably in like one of the costumes and get the you know guess what's happening in the the scene for most part this it showed not much at all but I'm still kind of hyped for it just because I've seen the first one. And the first one wasn't bad at all. It just it just brought a different light to the character that most people know. But this had like a different twist to it. So it's it was definitely one of the, the favorites for myself from these new Disney um, live action movies kind of thing. Um, so that, that's definitely a plus for me. So next thing I have here is um, the Johnny Inglis Strikes Again trailer. So it's a trailer part two that came out for Johnny English, which is um the movie by Rowan Atkinson, I believe his name is, and the Johnny English character, which uh, I'm not really a fan of this character, is because he feels like a a um, Mr. Magoo slash um, Clouseau kind of mix up and mash, which for me is this. If I want to see those characters, I go see those characters instead of going to see this movie here. And I, I feel like it, it matches up too much of these other characters. And I guess I didn't see the first one, so I'm not really sure, you know, what fan base it has. I'm guessing it does have quite a good fan base because this is part two or part three of the series. So I'm guessing folks love it. But for me, it just looks like something that I would definitely not watch as much just because it doesn't really bring anything to my to my you know imagination it doesn't really bring anything to my to my um you know 
to my forefront. So for this one, I give thumbs middle. I would have given it a lower score, but for what they showed so far, it was entertaining, but it didn't show anything different from the first trailer, which I think had like one extra scene in it, which I'm okay with that, just because trailers in these days show too much. But I would like to see, you know, they could have just expanded on one scene alone and then go with that and then make remixes of that one scene in other trailers, which I'm fine with, you know, basically. So the next trailer I have here is um, Bad Times at the El Royale. So this one, I'm actually quite interested in. I give this one a thumbs up just because it looks amazing. Um, there's quite a bit of stars in this movie, and the concept is one of the best concepts I've heard so far from Fox in the last couple of you know years or so. Like besides Kingsman, like this is one of the best you know Fox movies I've seen in quite some time. So actually, I'm saying like I'm like I saw the movie. I haven't seen the movie yet, but the trailer looks amazing. Um, Jeff Bridges looks like he's helming this movie kind of which is kind of cool and you see his character and the different facets of his character and this this whole thing looks amazing um this second trail that came out looks spectacular um you see more of the the characters at the el royale you get to see what exactly is happening and it dives a little bit deeper into it. So the f- difference between this one and the, the Johnny English one is the Johnny English one, it barely covers any bit more. While this um, Bad Times at the Royale, this one here, it shows just enough and improves a little bit more on what it showed in the first trailer where it draws you even more. Where it's like, all right, I kind of want to see what happens and want to know how does these things connect each other from point A to point B? It does. It feels like one of those movies where I will truly enjoy it, and it will have me guessing to the very, very end, just because you're not exactly sure what is going on, but you have a, a, a very vague idea of what the story is and where it could be, where it could possibly go. But at the same time, you know that all right. There's something you should watch in theaters that you should actually spend your money on and, you know, spend your time on, basically. So, that's it for Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down. Um, so, next thing I have here is come to theaters. So, every week, there's at least a few movies that come out of theaters, and I rank them from interested or I'll pass. So, if you go on the actual um, website that's on my bringonreviews.com, you can actually see the trailers that's actually posted on the links there as well. So the first one up is Operation Finale. So this one is um, the movie by Oscar Isaac. Well, he's starring in the movie, and for me, it there's not there's not a lot of interest in it. So for me, I gave it a barely interested, just because it felt like it could be okay, but at the same time, it feels like a story that was done before, but now it feels like they try to making a little bit more dire and and for for me this it didn't really speak to me i'll be honest um when i saw the trailer it didn't really say go watch this movie only reason why i would watch it is because oscar isaac's in it and it doesn't look horrible but at the same time it doesn't really speak to me properly which i feel that 
in your trailers that it should speak to your audience and should definitely draw them in as much as possible. So when you don't do that kind of stuff, then you're not really interested in seeing the movie itself. So for me, when I see Operation Finale um, trailer, it just it doesn't really do much for me, to be honest. So for me, I, I'll give it a barely interested um, on that one. The next trailer I have here is the Searching trailer um, that's coming out this theater this week in theaters, which looks amazing. Uh, amazing, amazing. Um, basically, John Cho is playing a father that loses his daughter, and it looks very, very good. Um, I'll be honest; it looks like something that that I would definitely love, and the mystery and intrigue is definitely there, and you really would see what happens from point A to point B because you're lost from the aspect of the father because you're thinking everything's fine, everything's dandy, but then slowly but surely folds out and you see the dynamic between him and his daughter, which, you know, it, it it's all good until you realize something's wrong. And that, that just feels like a, a really, really good vibe from this movie. And I can't wait to see this movie. I really can't. Um, seeing this trailer and then seeing the second trailer that came out, it didn't give too much, which I feel like this kind of movie, you shouldn't give too much away. You should definitely dig deep into the, does the father know the daughter? But at the same time, don't make it to where you give away any plot points. And then you make it to where when you watch the movies, like, Oh, I kind of knew this already, or I kind of knew that already. You make it to a point where this one here doesn't show too much but just enough to have you wanting to really find out what happens. So for, for me, that's what these trailers did. This really sparked my interest. I really am, I'm really, really interested in seeing Searching that's coming out this week. So that that's my thought on um, these two movies that come out in the theaters this week. So um, that's all I have for this episode. Um, you can find us on all social medias. On Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube, iTunes at Bring On Reviews. You can find us on Twitter at Bring On Reviews. No, the not one. You can use the hashtag Bring On Reviews for any comments, personal reviews, and suggestions you might have. You can even visit the website, which is BringOnReviews.com, for any movie reviews and even this podcast as well. If you love watching TV shows, enjoy watching movies. Therefore, you should definitely put your voice out there and start writing some reviews. If you want to write for reviews for this website, please email me at info at bringonthereviews.com and use the subject line, I want to join the review team. Um, besides that, you can also send in any questions and inquiries you might have to that same email address as well. Do find me on social media, on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at DwightAntC, that's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C, Again, that's D-W-I-G-H-T-A-N-T-C. Or if you want to email me directly, you can email me at dc at bringonorreviews.com. And we'll catch your reviewers next time.